Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to Entrepreneurs on Fire, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network with great shows like Business Made Simple. Today, we'll be breaking down how to choose scary because that's where the magic happens. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Tom Scarta into EO Fire Studios. Tom was able to semi-retire with his first franchise, then failed miserably in his seconds. The lessons learned from failure is what makes him such an inspiration. And today, Foundation, we'll talk about that failure. We'll talk about how to get past fear and who inspires Tom. And we'll talk about losing your life savings and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Looking for a business coach who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs increase profitability by an average of 104% annually, all for less money than it would cost to hire one minimum wage employee, all on a month-to-month basis? Schedule your free consultation today with Clay Clark, a former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year at thrivetimeshow.com slash fire. Business Made Simple, hosted by Donald Miller, takes the mystery out of growing your business. Check out recent episodes like How to Escape a Villain Mindset and The Framework That Makes Marketing Easy. Listen to Business Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Tom, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something that you believe about becoming successful that most people disagree with. Hey, hello, everyone out there. And I am really excited about embracing fear and failure. And people like failure, yes, absolutely embrace it. Failure is what we need to embrace, especially Fire Nation, in this episode. The title, Choose Scary, because that's where the magic happens. And as I mentioned in the introduction, we are going to be talking about a lot of failure, specifically Tom's. So let's start with your backstory. Give us all the dirt, Tom, but don't get too deep into that failure thing we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So I started as a New York City subway conductor um, as my first career, and I was the guy opening and closing doors if you ever rode the subway in New York, making the announcements that were really inaudible back then. And one day an old timer said to me, hey, kid, this is a great job. You'll always have a, you know, you'll always have a shirt on your back. You'll never have a silk shirt, but, you know, at least you'll have a shirt. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. That sounds like mediocrity to me. And I was only 24 at the time. And, and I looked around. My bosses were not wearing the metaphorical silk shirts. And I realized business owners were. I knew I needed to be a business owner. Didn't know how. I was a government guy. And I read a lot of books, went to seminars, and realized that a franchise is a business with train wheels. And I decided back in 2000 to buy my first franchise, got into it, built it within five years, sold it, and semi-retired at 41 years old. Wow. It was amazing embracing all the stuff that everybody told me not to do. Uh, Just keep the job, keep the pension. Are you crazy quitting a government job? And I did it anyway, and it was awesome. We decided to buy a second franchise and it failed miserably. We lost almost our entire life savings. But that's what made me a business expert and a franchise expert was going through that debacle. And um, and so my mission is to help people not be afraid of it and just embrace it and let the chips fall where they make us. It's going to be much better than where you are today. And Fire Nation, I know we're resonating with Tom's story because we all have that first job, that second job of you know, us at 16, 20, 24 years old in Tom's case, when maybe we looked around and said, you know what? 
this is a good job and I don't not like it, but I maybe don't want to do this for the rest of my life. What's the next step? And as you have alluded to, Tom, you failed big time in business. So now let's really dive into that. Tell us the backstory behind that second franchise, like kind of build up like why, how did it come across your plate? Why did you go into it? What excited you about it? And then of course, why did it fail so miserably? And then of course, the lessons learned. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot to talk about, but you know, I'll, I'll give the, uh, the abridged version. So we, um, so I, I sold that franchise, the first one, as I said, in 2005. And in 2006, I was sitting around smoking cigars. My wife is a New York City police sergeant at the time. She was getting ready to retire in 2007. And she read in a magazine about this particular franchise called Super Suppers, which was a make and take concept, meaning that you come to our location, make meals, follow our recipes, use our ingredients. It was a Tuscan kitchen. It was beautiful. And you make these meals in bulk, take them home and freeze them. On days when you're busy, instead of ordering in pizza again, you can actually have one of these home-cooked meals that you made with your own hands done on the table in like 20 minutes. So it was like a working mom's dream. This was like great. And here I am. I'm walking on water. I mean, I just sold a business. I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm hanging out. I'm like, I, you know, American dream. I've done it all. And, um, you know, sometimes when that happens, you get humbled. And so we got into this business and – and it started out with a bang, John. I mean, people, uh, you know, even the New York Times said that we were changing the way America eats the way McDonald's did 50 years earlier. I was like, man, we're going to be billionaires. Within uh, less than two years, we were out of business and lost almost our entire life savings. And this was kind of the first, the first lesson was, you know, don't go into something that has zero market. Unless you have a lot of money and a lot of time, if how do you know we didn't know if this would work nobody had done anything like this before and and so that was kind of the first lesson is you got to get into something where there's kind of a niche but not something that has never been done before and so that's lesson one the other lesson that we learned right off the bat was you can't change people's habits again unless you have a lot of time and money especially when it comes to food you just can't change people's habits and um and that's what we were trying to do. So people came and they tried it once and everything was great and people high-fived and it was awesome, but then we would never see them again. And that was not cool. And that, Fire Nation, is a recipe for disaster. Now, let's be honest, Tom. Fear of the unknown, that's something that stops a lot of people from ever even taking a chance. So let's talk to our listeners here, Fire Nation, who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, side hustlers, how do we get past fear? And this is like a question of the ages. And I have found after reading probably every book on fear uh, and even written, wrote one myself <laughs> called The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty. Nice. I found that you cannot get past fear. There's no way to get past it. The only way is to em embrace it and understand the ramifications. It's, it's like everything that you fear I can't say everything, but majority of things never come to pass anyway. You're up at night fretting and, oh, my God, what if, what if, what if? And meanwhile, it doesn't happen anyway. So th this kind of you learn, you know, as you go through life, as you get older, you realize, well, not, none of that stuff really happened. <laughs> and so I just wasted my time. And, and, and you got to have a real compelling reason to embrace change, right? And, and most people don't. 
and I, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, of, I'm sure you have, when one window or one door closes, another window opens. I have found in my career that when I chose to close the, to close the door, a million windows opened. It gives you opportunity and there's no science behind it. That's the problem. We can't put it on paper and say, well, here's the mathematical equation that's going to say, if you do this, you do this, you're going to be successful. No, it's, it's really having faith. And when you have faith, magical things happen, but you just have to face it and, and just run head into it with, of course, doing research. Don't get me wrong. You're not just jumping in, but you got to do your research, but don't let the naysayers stop you and all the Things that the teachers and the preachers tell you not to do, whatever they tell you not to do, do the opposite. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so Fire Nation, I mean, I hope you're really understanding that Tom is pulling from all of these experiences that he's had all of these years, from his successes, from his failures, from his struggles, obstacles, challenges, and everything in between. And that's how we learn. And we're going to be talking about all of this and more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Building that know, like, and trust relationship with your audience is critical to your success as a business owner. The more trust you can build with your audience, the more likely they are to become your customers. And a HubSpot CRM platform can help with that relationship building by giving you the tools to empower your team, power innovation, and connect different parts of your business so everything behind the scenes runs seamlessly. Just one example of how HubSpot's CRM does this, their tasks and activities features help you store, track, manage, and report on the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers so you can keep your customer service top notch. In a nutshell, HubSpot's CRM platform helps you and your team put the customer experience first and keeps marketing, sales, service, content management, and operations on the same page. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Looking for a business coach who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs increase profitability by an average of 104% annually, all for less money than it would cost to hire one minimum wage employee, all on a month-to-month -month basis? Fire Nation, meet Clay Clark. Clay has been coaching businesses since 2006, yep, even through the Great Recession, and he does it for less money than it would cost to hire a minimum wage employee. Inc. Magazine reports that by default, 96% of businesses will fail within 10 years, yet Clay's clients grow on average by 104% annually. How's this even possible? Clay only takes on 160 clients, so he personally designs your business plan. Plus, Clay's team helps you execute that plan with access to graphic designers, Google certified search engine optimizers, web developers, ad managers, videographers, workflow mappers, and accounting coaches. Visit thrivetimeshow.com slash fire to watch thousands of testimonials from real entrepreneurs who Clay's helped over the years. Do your research and view thousands of documented success stories from real people like you at thrivetimeshow.com slash fire. Then schedule your free consultation with Clay himself to see how he can help you with proven business coaching on a month-to-month -month commitment basis. So Tom, I'm sure you've heard of this quote. It's a Jim Rohn quote about how you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And that's, you know, in real life. That could even be authors of books that you're reading, you know, podcast hosts, you know, whatever it might be. Who inspires you? I have like the average answer, you know, um, all these great entrepreneurs that have gone before me, but actually who really inspires me the most is my wife. And, and it's a real quick story that I would love to share. No, please do. Mind. So she was like literally a New York City police sergeant. And when she was getting ready to retire and we were starting up that super suburbs business, 
she wanted to do something that really scared her. So she took a stand-up comedy class. And she's, you know, we, we lived in New York. We lived in Long Island at the time. And she took this class and she was pretty good at it. And the, um, the teachers at that class said, hey, you should come back and do another session with us. And instead of having five minutes of material, we'll give you 10 minutes. And she did. And she was really, she got really honed the skill. She was really good at it. And she's not a class clown, but she's really good, you know, in front of a mic, I guess. And she entered it, you know, on a whim, entered into um, a contest to Long Island's Funniest Comedian, and she won it. And then, you know, we came to the point where it was like, oh, my God, we're like kind of going out of business here. We, We were having this debacle with the business. And she had an opportunity to actually go back to the police department after she retired and have the same position with the same salary and everything. And we sat there and contemplated it. And she said, you know what, let me try this dream, this comedy thing. And and we did. And just literally four days after she did that, she got a random phone call from some lady who saw her on the Internet. And said, I would like you to join our comedy troupe called the Italian Chicks. And we we uh, travel around the, you know, North America, including Canada. And we do. And she did that for 11 years. Now she's doing she, she was on Last Comic Standing. She, you know, she did all of that stuff. Now she's in movies. She's on TV shows. You know, nobody big. It's a, you know, she's not, um, you know, anybody that you would know. But she has, you know, she is following her dream. But when you look back and that moment of time when everybody said we should just go back to the job forget about entrepreneurship forget about following your dream we decided to do the opposite of what everybody said and it worked out just magnificently i love that story i'm really glad you took the time to share that because to me fire nation that just speaks so valiantly about just putting a stake in the uh, a stake in the sand at some point in your life and saying what is something I actually want to do? Not have to do for next month's rent check or X, Y, or Z, but something that I actually want to do that, yes, it's scary. Yes, it's the unknown. But man, even if I can achieve some level of success, like Tom's wife, that man, I mean, how good of an alternative is that? Now, if Fire Nation wanted to find anything about your wife, does she have a YouTube channel? Does she have any social media they could check out? <laughs> Well, yeah, she, um, you know, Instagram, her, her name is Gina, G-I-N-A, and says same last name as mine, Scarta. So Gina Scarta. And, um, yes, and, she, you know, now she's, like, writing a one-woman play. And, oh, cool. you know, she has all this stuff that she's doing. And, you know, and she's a cop, you know. And right. She didn't, <laughs> she didn't go to school for anything special. She has, like, an associate's degree from a local community college. Yeah, but you know what she has? She has life experience. 